Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, June 20th. In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, the Aleph and Tav, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1.1 in Hebrew, there is an Aleph Tav right smack dab in the middle of that verse. Truly, Yeshua, the Aleph Tav, is there in the beginning and the end. So, if you are reading your Bible in Hebrew, whenever you come across Aleph Tav, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The acronym for Daily Audio Torah is D-A-T. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Aleph Tav. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this, doorway to the Aleph Tav. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Aleph Tav, your doorway to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Korah. Numbers 16, 31-40 He had hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed the men, along with their households, and all their followers who were standing with them, and everything they owned. So they went down alive into the grave, along with all their belongings. The earth closed over them, and they all vanished from among the people of Israel. All the people around them fled when they heard their screams. The earth will swallow us too, they cried. Then fire blazed forth from the Lord and burned up the 250 men who were offering incense. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, to pull all the incense burners from the fire, for they are holy. Also tell him to scatter the burning coals. Take the incense burners of these men who have sinned at the cost of their lives and hammer the metal into a thin sheet to overlay the altar. Since these burners were used in the Lord's presence, they have become holy, 
Let them serve as a warning to the people of Israel. So Eleazar the priest collected the 250 bronze incense burners that had been used by the men who died in the fire, and he hammered them into a thin sheet to overlay the altar. This would warn the Israelites that no unauthorized person, no one who was not a descendant of Aaron, should ever enter the Lord's presence to burn incense. If anyone did, the same thing would happen to him as happened to Korah and his followers. So the Lord's instructions to Moses were carried out. First Kings 22, 1-53 For three years there was no war between Aram and Israel. Then, during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel. During the visit, the king of Israel said to his officials, Do you realize that the town of Ramoth-Gilead belongs to us? And yet, we've done nothing to recapture it from the king of Aram. Then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked, Will you join me in battle to recover Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops, and my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat added, But first let's find out what the Lord says. So the king of Israel summoned the prophets, about four hundred of them, and asked them, Should I go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes, go ahead. The Lord will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, There is one more man who could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Jehoshaphat replied, That's not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Quick, bring Micaiah, son of Imlah. King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of them. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Kenirah, made some iron horns and proclaimed, This is what the Lord says. With these horns you will gore the Arameans to death. All the other prophets agreed. Yes, they said, go up to Ramoth-Gilead and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him, Look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. But Micaiah replied, As surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. When Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or should we hold back? Micaiah replied sarcastically, Yes, go up and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. But the king replied sharply, How many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me, 
when you speak for the Lord. Then Micaiah told him, In a vision I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, Their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you, the king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat, He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Then Micaiah continued, Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth-Gilead so he can be killed? There were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this? the Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Then Zedekiah, son of Kaniah, walked up to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. Since when did the Spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you, he demanded. And Micaiah replied, You will find out soon enough when you are trying to hide in some secret room. Arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to my son Joash. Give them this order from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from battle. But Micaiah replied, If you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around, Everyone mark my words. So King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah led their armies against Ramoth-Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, As we go into battle, I will disguise myself so no one will recognize me. But you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. Meanwhile, the king of Aram had issued these orders to his thirty-two chariot commanders. Attack only the king of Israel. Don't bother with anyone else. So when the Aramean chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat in his royal robes, they went after him. There is the king of Israel, they shouted. But when Jehoshaphat called out, the chariot commanders realized he was not the king of Israel, and they stopped chasing him. An Aramean soldier, however, randomly shot an arrow at the Israelite troops and hit the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. Turn the horses and get me out of here, Ahab groaned to the driver of his chariot. I'm badly wounded. The battle raged all that day, and the king remained propped up in his chariot facing the Arameans. The blood from his wound ran down to the floor of his chariot, and as evening arrived he died. Just as the sun was setting, the cry ran through his troops, We're done for now. Run for your lives. So the king died, and his body was taken to Samaria and buried there. Then his chariot was washed beside the pool of Samaria, and the dogs came and licked his blood at the place where the prostitutes bathed, just as the Lord had promised. The rest of the events in Ahab's reign and everything he did, including the story of the ivory palace 
and the towns he built are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So Ahab died, and his son Ahaziah became the next king. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, began to rule over Judah in the fourth year of King Ahab's reign in Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhai. Jehoshaphat was a good king, following the example of his father, Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. During his reign, however, he failed to remove all the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incense there. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. The rest of the events in Jehoshaphat's reign, the extent of his power, and the wars he waged are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. He banished from the land the rest of the male and female shrine prostitutes who still continued their practices from the days of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom at that time, only a deputy. Jehoshaphat also built a fleet of trading ships to sail to Ophir for gold. But the ships never set sail, for they met with disaster in their home port of Ezion Geber. At one time Ahaziah, son of Ahab, had proposed to Jehoshaphat, Let my men sail with your men in the ships. But Jehoshaphat refused the request. When Jehoshaphat died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Jehoram became the next king. Ahaziah son of Ahab began to rule over Israel in the seventeenth year of King Jehoshaphat's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria two years, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the example of his father and mother and the example of Jeroboam son of Nebat, who had led Israel to sin. He served Baal and worshipped him, provoking the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, just as his father had done. Acts thirteen sixteen to forty one. So Paul stood, lifted his hand to quiet them, those in the synagogue, and started speaking. Men of Israel, he said, and you God fearing Gentiles, listen to me. The God of this nation of Israel chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then With a powerful arm he led them out of their slavery. He put up with them through forty years of wandering in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to Israel as an inheritance. All this took about four hundred and fifty years. After that God gave them judges to rule until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned in for forty years. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And it is one of King David's descendants, Yeshua, 
who was God's promised Savior of Israel. Before he came, John the Baptist preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to God and be baptized. As John was finishing his ministry, he asked, Do you think I am the Messiah? No, I am not. But he is coming soon, and I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the sandals on his feet. Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also you God-fearing Gentiles, this message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Yeshua, as one of the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him, and in doing this, they fulfilled the prophet's words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. When they had done all that the prophecies said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And over a period of many days he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors, and God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Yeshua. This is what the second psalm says about Yeshua. You are my son. Today I have become your father. For God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings I promised to David. Another psalm explains it more fully. You will not allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. This is not a reference to David, for after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to someone else, someone whom God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Yeshua, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you. For they said, Look, you mockers, be amazed and die. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. Psalm 138, 1-8 I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, 
You will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. Proverbs 17, 17 and 18 A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. It's poor judgment to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for a friend. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Numbers 16, and then we're going to jump into 1 Kings chapter 22. And in Numbers chapter 16, verses 31 to 40, we see the terrible consequence, the huge consequence of Korah and his followers that were swallowed up by the earth. Moses is very, very humble. And so... He said in verse 28, This is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things that I have done, for I have not done them on my own. If these men die a natural death, or if nothing unusual happens, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord does something entirely new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them and all their belongings, and they go down alive into the grave, then you will know that these men have shown contempt for the Lord. And he'd hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them and swallowed the men, along with their households and their followers who were standing with them. That is quite a powerful demonstration of the power of God and the consequences of coming against him and coming against his anointed chosen leader, Moses. Will we see things like that again someday in the future? I think so. Um, There's going to be 144,000 chosen leaders that will be marked and sealed, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. This is spoken of in Revelation chapter 7. And those chosen anointed leaders, if you come against them the way the children of Israel did again, or Korah, the way Korah and his followers came against Moses, I think you'll see similar kinds of consequences. So, rebellion is a very serious sin, and we see very dire consequences of that sin of rebellion here in this passage. Now I want to jump into 1 Kings chapter 22, and we have this very evil, wicked king, King Ahab. And he was one of the worst ever. And there's a prophecy out there that's been given that says that the dogs are going to lick up the blood of King Ahab when he dies. And so now... God is the grand orchestrator. He is sovereign. He orchestrates circumstances. Nothing, nothing, nothing happens by chance. And so we get a little bit of a glimpse of what happens in the heavenly realm so that 
the will of God is accomplished. And so Micaiah the prophet reveals and gives us a little peek behind the curtain. All the other false prophets, the prophets of Baal, are saying to King Ahab, yes, go out and fight the Arameans, you'll win. You'll have victory. But King Ahab really wants to know the truth. So he summons Micaiah, who is a true prophet of God, who hears from the Spirit of God. And Micaiah reveals to us what went on in the heavenly realm. Let's pick it up in verse 19. Micaiah continued, Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who can entice Ahab? to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so he can be killed. In other words, we need to set the stage and orchestrate the circumstances so that he will be killed. And there were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do it? The Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. Verse 23, so you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. So that's a little bit of a peek in the heavenly realm of how these things happen. And today, in the culture that we live in, With the mainstream media, we live in a culture of lies, absolute lies. This has been going on probably for decades, but it's very prevalent, predominant, and in-your-face lies with a whole censorship apparatus that has been put into place, especially since 2020, so that you can't really find truth. Truth has fallen in the streets. It's a lying spirit. And how do we guard and protect ourselves against a spirit of deception? Because you see, the danger of deception is when you're deceived, at the time that you're deceived, you don't know that you're deceived. You're not aware of it. You're not aware that you're being manipulated. How do we protect ourselves from all the lying spirits that are out there, especially in our media? And the answer is, we must stay in the truth. We must stay in the word. It is our plumb line for truth. It's so important to renew our mind and our thoughts with the word of God, with truth. This is our protection against all the lies that are in the propaganda that are in the media. And also, let's not go swimming in the swimming pool of lies. Let's not give our attention to the mainstream channels where all the lies are propagated. Let's spend our time in the word and in the truth. So basically all the prophets of Baal, they told their lie. They said, yes, go out against the Arameans, you'll win. And of course, King Ahab does go out. He goes out in disguise, but nevertheless, an arrow gets him and he bleeds out and he dies. And the dogs lick up his blood, as it was prophesied. So another thing I want to comment on regarding this one lone prophet, Micaiah, who spoke the truth. 
this is really true now as it was then. And that is, if you are a truth teller, you're alone. The herd has gone down the path of lies. The herd has swallowed the lies and believes the lies. And those who are the telling the lies have all the power, seemingly, right now. And so you're, you're like this lone voice crying in the wilderness, speaking the truth, sort of like John the Baptist, the lone voice speaking out in the wilderness. And there are few and far between, very few people who speak the truth anymore. Even in the churches, in many, many of the churches, they're not giving you truth. They're giving you, they're tickling people's ears to make them feel good. They don't want to step on any landmines and lose their nonprofit status. So they can't really come out against this. Basically, it's a Marxist cultural revolution that's ongoing in the United States right now. The Republic has fallen. And we are well underway to being transformed into a Marxist communist nation. And if you speak out against this, you'll end up in the Washington, D.C. gulag in prison, along with the other 900 people who've been there for the last two years since January 6th, with no due process. And, you know, then we look at our beloved, well, however you look at him. President Trump has been indicted on trumped-up charges that are just ridiculous. And it's basically a weaponization of the Department of Injustice to take him out so he's not a viable candidate to run against the Alzheimer's puppet Biden. So it takes a lot of courage to be living in this country anyway and be able and willing to speak the truth and take action according to that truth because most people have swallowed the CNN Kool-Aid of lies and it has divided families. Very much so in a, in a big way. So it takes courage, character, and fortitude to keep on speaking the truth loving the truth, seeking the truth, and Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. So be strong, cling to Yeshua, cling to his word, cling to his spirit. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Eleka 
वयसे लेखा लेखा शाहू The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.